How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Hour two here on the big show, Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine, and I'm Mike Esposito in for David Haw this week. Sox second Barrett, baseman Josh Harrison still to join us, but right now, Bruce, we head on out to the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. One of the great voices and the co-voice of the New York Mets on radio, our good friend Wayne Randazzo, nice enough to take some time on a Saturday morning to join us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Wayne. Pleasure to have you back in town, my friend. It's It's great great to have you back, my friend. And Bruce, Espo, how you guys doing? We're we're doing great. Hey, uh, you had a rain out yesterday, so was that a family day for you? You and your uh, 700 cousins get together or not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, big family day yesterday and uh, had a great dinner at Las Garola last night. So uh, we did the the whole circuit yesterday. You you went to the right place, uh, and you and your family probably you know that's one of the great Italian restaurants in the city, um, and uh, there's not a lot of tables in there, so uh, you have to have some pull to get in. I imagine uh, Joey <laughs> helped you out a little bit, huh? Yeah, Joey and, and Armando over there at Las Carolla, they're great, yeah. and uh, it was uh, it was delicious, well, a wonderful time last night. Uh, I'm I'm curious about the the New York Mets and finally playing up to the level that they expected to this year. But uh, with the Atlanta Braves resurgence here over the last month, is this this fine New York Mets team feeling the heat from a team that won a World Series last year uh, on their trail, only about uh, two and a half, three games behind? No, I don't think so. I I think the Mets feel pretty confident about the group that they have. They're they're getting Jacob DeGrom back very soon, likely right after the All-Star break. Uh, they just played a series in Atlanta earlier this week. The Mets won two out of three without two of their all-stars in the lineup. Jeff McNeil and Starling Marte didn't play at all in that series. Plus, you haven't had DeGrom all year. So I think the Mets feel pretty good about where they are. And uh, I, don't, I don't think they're too concerned about the Braves because I think the Mets know that if they take care of what they need to take care of, that they can win a series there. They can they can continue to hold their lead. And they feel like they're the team to beat or one of the teams to beat in the National League. So I don't think the Mets are going to spend too much time thinking about where Atlanta is and and what the Braves are doing. Wayne, great to have you and good to talk to you uh, as always. And and certainly 
The Mets, from from where we sit here in Chicago, they've got lots of star power. You mentioned some of the All-Stars, and just the fact that you have DeGrom and Scherzer on the same staff is a wonder in and of itself. And and I wonder if that speaks to, if you could maybe tell us a little bit about Steve Cohen and how he goes about his business. He's the the team owner who who purchased the club a few years ago, and he seems uh, uh, hell-bent on on keeping the Mets right where they're at in first place in the division and and, uh, World Series contending. Yeah, I mean the the ultimate hedge fund shark. I mean this guy's made billions of dollars in, in the hedge fund world and and uh, in the in the stock market and and this is someone that has obviously worked really hard and and been a bulldog to get to that level uh, of finance and you know now he's bringing that determination to baseball and I think Steve Cohen lives in a world where he gets what he wants and he wants to help the Mets win a World Series and and he thinks that he can do that and I I think not only. A World Series. I mean, you, you know, we've seen teams win a World Series and then not get close again after, or sell off everything and 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 not have the opportunity to go back to the World Series. Uh, I don't think that's what Steve Cohen wants. I think he wants to be a sustained winner. He looks at the Yankees or the Dodgers as models for consistency, for having a team that's in contention every year. Uh, it's a big part of the reason why they're they're spending so much time and money on the infrastructure in the organization, the analytics department, the minor league development. Now, there's there's a lot that goes into winning year in and year out. That's more than just having good major league players on, in that particular season. You've got to continue to develop them. You've got to continue to, to pour money into other areas besides the actual team. And I think Steve Cohen's aware of everything that it takes to be uh, a sustained winner, and I think he wants to do that. And uh, I, I don't think he's going to just win uh, a championship if he's lucky enough to do so and, and stop there. I think he wants to continue uh, a successful organization for as long as he has it. You know, Mike, uh, Wayne was uh, one of my uh, co-hosts when we started inside the clubhouse on the score uh, nine years ago. Wayne, uh, sure. tell Mike how, how, how bad that experience was. <laughs> yeah, pretty rough. I actually ran me out of town, so that is uh, that's one thing that happened. Lived in Chicago my whole life until uh, I worked with Bruce, and then I went to New York. So. Yeah. yeah, He, so, he uh, ran you right into the Mets radio booth, right, Wayne? <laughs> it's a tough, tough gig, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Wayne, uh, when you uh, when you look at uh, the the uh, the manager of this team and bringing Buck Showalter in, a guy who has had tremendous success in other places, hasn't quite gotten to the World Series part of it, but is has a uh, in my opinion a Hall of Fame type resume. Uh, what has he brought to this team? What have you seen from your perspective about the Buck Showalter uh, factor for the Mets? Yeah, I mean he's brought incredible consistency and, and professionalism to the organization. He is so detail oriented and, and really has his eyes everywhere, all, all over the team, all over each player, all over the organization, really. And I don't think there's anywhere that, that Buck hasn't touched to this point since becoming the manager. He's really a throwback to how managers used to be kind of in charge of, of everything uh, in terms of the organization instead of what's become uh, middle management or, or, or guys who are just facilitating what the front office wants to the players. You know, Buck Showalter has kind of revitalized that managerial role to the way that it always used to be. And I, I think the Mets have been very responsive to it. I think the last couple of managers the Mets had uh, were inexperienced, uh, didn't know how to handle the big market, managing a, a team with expectations, and, and couldn't really get a grasp on what the players needed and, and earn the respect of the players. So 
uh, I, I think Buck was the right guy for the for the team, and you know he's been I think above and beyond what what everybody even expected of him. He, he's really been a, a joy to be around and uh, learn the game from, and I think the players have really responded in the way that they 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 know Buck pays attention to the rules. They know Buck wants to take advantage of some of these rules and maybe even other teams or other managers aren't always aware of all the time. There was a play in Miami a few weeks ago where the Mets had a runner on first and nobody out. And there was a bouncing ball to the second baseman near the runner. And the runner during spring training was taught to just slide right there in between the bases because the fielder would have to go after you. And then the runner at first going to first would at least be safe. So the runner going first to second slides, the tag is missed. The runner at safe, uh, runner at first is safe. The runner at second is safe, and those little things are, are really some things that have stood out for the Mets this year. Talking to Wayne Randazzo, Mets Radio. He used to work here on the Score. You definitely would recognize his voice from that, and from certainly uh, some national baseball broadcasts as well. And Wayne, uh, as you look at the National League, clearly the Mets uh, amongst that elite group. But as you you start kind of looking forward to September and October. Uh, who do you see as the the primary uh, World Series contenders there uh, in terms of the Mets rivals? As, as you uh, Bruce already mentioned, Atlanta they won it last year. They're certainly right there with with the Mets. But uh, it's a handful of teams there, all jockeying for position in the National League. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Braves and the Dodgers obviously stand out as the two other really good teams in the National League. You know, you can't really ever sleep on a team that like the Milwaukee Brewers because they have a good pitching staff. You know, the Padres are trying to make a name for themselves and, and get to a point where they're serious contenders on a regular basis. So there's a lot of good teams, I think, in the National League. And, you know, all you can really do if you're the Mets is put yourself in a position to, to just be a factor at the end of the season, to get into the postseason and to play meaningful games. We also don't even really know you know, this is the year, the first year where there's going to be a, a buy, and there's going to be a team that's sitting around for four or five days or more at the end of the season to, to wait for that wild card round to take shape. How is that going to affect the team? If the Mets and the Dodgers get the two buys in the National League and the Yankees and Astros do in the American League, how will those teams respond from having you know, essentially an entire all-star break again while everybody else is playing? I mean, that's a, that's a question I think remains unanswered until we actually see it in practice. So it'll, uh, it'll be an interesting time once we get to October, but I think the Mets uh, feel like that they have as good a shot as anybody. Wayne, what's the, uh, the ground, uh, factor coming up here. And, uh, do, do the, the Mets people really feel that, uh, he can stay on the field. We know he's as talented or is more talented than any pitcher in the game, but, uh, staying healthy at this point has been a question mark. What's what's the game plan for him coming back as far as getting him back and uh, getting him whole? Yeah, he's been doing minor league rehab starts. Just had one the other night. Um, you know, he's going to pitch again, I think, during the all-star break at, at the spring training complex in Florida and uh, try to build himself up to about five innings worth of work. And then he'll be ready to go at the major league level. I think whatever they feel like they get out of DeGrom uh, for the first few turns in the rotation will be uh, just a, a bonus just to have him around and, and start to get back to where he was. And if he starts to look like that again, and, and there's no reason to think he won't, his, his, spring, his uh, rehab starts have been all very good. His, his velocity is there. His, his breaking stuff is there. 
there's no reason to think Jake won't come back and be as good as, as he can be. So I think the Mets are, are, are feeling good about where DeGrom is. They hope that they can keep him healthy through the end of the season and that he's a, a factor for them in the playoffs because if he is, uh, it's a very dangerous team to have DeGrom and Scherzer 1-2. Taiwan Walker's been very good as a, a number three starter this year. And I, I think the Mets are going to make some moves here at the trade deadline to boost their bullpen and, and make the pitching staff a little bit more complete. So DeGrom's a big piece of that, and, and I think they need him out there. Last few minutes with Wayne Randazzo from Mets Radio. And, Wayne, uh, the timing of this uh, interview, this visit, is a few days before our uh, score 30th anniversary party on Wednesday. So i got to ask, while we have you on, as you were a, a part of the score for many years, uh, your, your favorite memory or memories uh, as we talk? I mean, I had forgotten completely co-hosting Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce has to be right up there, right? <laughs> it, yeah, it does. I mean, it, was, it, it really does. All kidding aside, I mean, it was, to, to work with a guy like Bruce, who's so well-respected in baseball, and baseball has always been my passion. You know, it's, it's fun to talk about the Bears and, uh, you know, to, to beat them up for not playing very well and all that and the other teams as well. But, you know, talk about baseball on the score and the Cubs and the White Sox was, was a huge deal to me. Uh, personally, that's what I always wanted to do was, was, was broadcast baseball, and that was a little avenue to do it. Uh, in in Chicago, the city I, I grew up, talking about the teams that I I, I loved watching. So it was uh, it was a really good thrill to do that, and really just to be on on the station in, in any way. I mean, Boers and Bernstein was the first sports talk show I ever really listened to uh, when I was a teenager, and and to do updates on that show was was really cool. So a lot of good memories of, of being at the score, and uh, it'll, it'll always be a place that that's close to me. Wayne, in, in closing with you, and again, Mike and I appreciate your time today. When you look at umpiring, and I know it's near and dear to your family's heart because your cousin uh, was certainly a major league ba- um, umpire for a long time, and you look at uh, an automated strike zone, what, what's your take on, on that going forward? I, I um, am totally against automated strike zones. I think the color of the game and uh, just the, the give and take, the human give and take is being totally taken out of sports and baseball, I don't think can afford to have much more of that. I know uh, everybody out there is screaming, Hey, they got to get it right. Well, you know what? My opinion, Wayne, and I, I'm, I'm crazy to hear about yours is they're going to hate the calls from the automated uh, machine just as well as they hate the umpire's calls. They're, they're going to think they're just as inconsistent as they see it out there. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I think that with the automated ball strike system, that what they've seen in the minor leagues is that it really hasn't helped anything. Yeah, it hasn't made strikeouts go away. It actually has created more walks, and the scoring hasn't really changed. I don't, I don't think they. There have been a lot of experiments in the minor leagues the last few years that I think they like, and they that I think that they would like to implement into Major League Baseball. But I don't think the automated ball strike system is one of them. I think that uh, there's a way to do it, which I, I think that they're going to think about pretty pretty long and hard, is to have a challenge system where the automated right. ball strike system is there, but it's not being used primarily. It can only be used three times a game by a team that wants to challenge a call in a particularly big moment, and then they can quickly go to the ball strike system to see if the, the call was right or not. I think they have found that that's been a lot more successful in the in the ways that they've used that. 
And uh, I would think that would be the way to go over having just a blanket automated system because uh, I think that will cause a lot of unintended problems, as you mentioned, with batters really getting used to an entirely new strike zone. Yeah, and the human element is so essential in sports. I I mean, getting it right is certainly great, but, you know, just watching a a machine call somebody out and, you know, it just takes away from the flavor of the game. Wayne, we'll see you over at the ballpark. Thanks again. Congrats on your great career. It just keeps going up and up and up, and uh, we're all proud of you here in Chicago. And your friends here uh, at the score. So take care. Have a great day. We'll see you out of the ballpark. All right. Sounds great. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Take care, Wayne. Wayne Randazzo, Mets Radio, former score employee, host, update anchor, reporter. Uh, Bruce, it's great to always catch up with Wayne. He's play-by-play for Mets Radio, and the Mets certainly one of the elite teams in baseball him, this year. Him and Howie Rose do a, a fantastic job. We are blessed here with great announcers uh, in Chicago, but uh, I, when I have a chance, I listen to Wayne and Howie Rose do the Mets games, and uh, they are fantastic. And you know, to to their credit, they don't pull any punches. Uh, mm-hmm. If somebody on the Mets isn't playing well or playing up to up to snuff, or they're not putting out, Wayne and Howie will call them out. And I really appreciate that type of uh, broadcast where. It's respectful, but it's number one. Uh, their number one duty is to tell what they see on the field to the fan base that is listening and paying the bills. Absolutely. And uh, Cubs and Mets, two games today, a 120 and a 705 for the first pitch. The the pitching matchup, Stroman and Taiwan Walker uh, for your uh, day game at 120. Max Scherzer and Drew Smiley for the nightcap. And we talked a little about DeGrom and Scherzer there with Wayne, but certainly... Uh, as you pointed out earlier, it doesn't happen much anymore, but just like, you know, hey, Greg Maddox is pitching. Check this out. Let's go. Or, hey, you know, uh, Dwight Gooden is on the hill for the Mets tonight. Let's go. Max Scherzer is on the mound for the Mets tonight, Bruce. So this would be a good one to uh, to head on out and check out on a what hopefully will be a beautiful Saturday night for uh, yeah. fans at Wrigley Field. Absolutely. It, sh- it should be great. And, look, it's still Major League Baseball. The Cubs are not where they're at, but they were just coming off of having uh, played some 500 ball for the previous 22 before uh, the last couple of games. And uh, there are some really good stories, some really good players to come out and watch. That's for sure. Hey, Mike, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we expect to talk to Josh Harrison of the Chicago White Sox. Your calls are essential and important to the show at 312-644-6767. He's Mike Esposito sitting in for David Haw. I'm Bruce Levine. We're with you 52 weeks out of the year talking talking baseball on the score and uh, 670 the score, 670thescore.com. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Back here on Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito in for David this week. He will be back next week, and we expect to be joined and hope to talk to Josh Harrison from the White Sox in a matter of moments. Before then, Bruce, uh, lots of texts and uh, reaction to uh, the, uh, the the draft discussion and also the should he stay or should he go discussion with David Robertson. Uh, a few texters suggesting that it'd be wise to sell high on Ian Happ at this time, and 
And I'd love to pick your brain on that because Hap, one of the club's two all-stars, and certainly you can make an easy case for him being a building block for a team that is uh, hopefully uh, going to be doing that in the offseason. What, what do you see happening with Hap? Well, you know, it's interesting. Believe it or not, it seems like Ian Hap just arrived recently, but only a couple of years away now uh, from uh, being a free agent, okay? So next year, I believe uh, after next year, he's got that left, and uh, you have to start it, start considering uh, whether or not you're going to be able to sign uh, Ian Happ as he goes on to be one of the top players in the game. You know, the consistency of putting together two good halves has not been together. He seems to have really changed his swing. He seems to be uh, one of the better players uh, in their organization right now. But, uh, you know, at 27, just turning 28, you say, well, yeah, you know, he fits in with what they want to do, you know, signing Suzuki, who's uh, pretty much the same age. But are you going to be able to hold on to him or not? And that that's another question. Yep. So next year, his age 28 season, he'll be arbitration eligible, as he was this year, and then unrestricted in 24. So that's a great point, Bruce. And, you know, this is a guy that you've invested a lot of time into, right? He was your first-round pick in 2015, uh, ironically enough, because the Cubs picking seventh this year here in 2022. Seven years ago was the last time they picked in the top 10, and Ian Happ was that pick, right? And and you can say that uh, this has worked out for the Cubs as he is an all-star now this year uh, for your team. Uh, but it's it'll be interesting at the deadline. I mean, lots of speculation about Wilson Contreras, of course, and, and David Robertson we talked about. But Happ would be a name, I would imagine, that would bring a nice return for a team that uh, that is looking towards the future. Well, the other question is... Uh... Do you have enough outfielders? I mean, uh, certainly with Morrell, there's been a really nice story for the Chicago Cubs in the first half, and Suzuki now healthy again. You have two spots, but you still have uh, commitments to um, to Jason Hayward, uh, who has been mm-hmm. hurt for a, a while right. now with a knee and and has a contract through next year. How does that come in, fit into the equation uh, when he comes back? Uh, is Have we seen... Uh, the best of Jason Hayward and is his career uh, on the downward slide. Uh, knowing Jason the way I do, uh, he still has more to prove out there at age uh, 33 that he can still be a viable, important part of a major league team. So from all of that, uh, you know, they have some questions to answer about how, how the outfield shakes out here over the next few years as they begin uh, this rebuild this year. No doubt about it, Bruce, and and that will be uh, one of the keys for for Jed Hoyer and company, right, as they look to this trade deadline. We saw what happened last year after the losing streak uh, knocked them out of contention in that core that lots of Cubs fans had had gotten to to know and love over the years was pretty much dismantled. But we have we have the uh, the same thing, the same issue here with. Uh, with what's going on with uh, Jason Hayward. So let's, uh, Bruce, head on out to the score hotline presented by Circa Resort in Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And it seems like we have lost Bruce. Josh Harrison joining us now here on Inside the Clubhouse on the score. Hey, Josh, good morning. Good morning. Hey, it's great to have you, Josh. We... I, I got you. Can you hear me? Yeah. 
It's great to have you on. Uh, appreciate your time today, Josh, and uh, certainly a huge win last night. Uh, it's been a, a great uh, few days for the White Sox uh, as you guys have started your series there up in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, trying to finish strong. Um, we, we know the break's coming up, but at the same time, you know, not looking – Looking too far in the future, you got to take care of what's in front of you, and uh, that's showing up every day and winning as many games as we can. Some time out today before the game. Uh, you know, uh, when when we talked last, it was in spring training and uh, on this show, and uh, we talked about uh, the veteran presence that you and Graveman have brought to this team. Tony Larusa has just. Uh, raved about not not only uh, the way that you played the game out there and you have played some gold glove defense out there you've uh, you've really dazzled out there lately but uh, the the uh, professionalism and also the the looseness that you bring to this team can you talk about the importance of that and and maybe how you learned that from other people uh, throughout your career as to how to be a professional how to be a great teammate every day um, this is part of showing up to the field every day. Um, every day is its own, and you know to be here, is, you, you got to appreciate what we do. It's something special, and uh, it doesn't last forever. And showing up to the field with these guys, um, I mean, we get to do something we love, um, some, something that's fun. So uh, in those moments, you, you got to find a way to continue to to have fun. And you know, it's always been something that that I've I've done. You know, that I've um, wanted to you know, pretty much instill everywhere I am is to make sure that, number one, I'm having fun because, you know, what I do on the field is going to be what I always do. You know, I'm going to play hard. I'm going to, you know, do do what it takes to win. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm going to enjoy every single moment. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to smile. Um, and just allow people to know that, you know, I can be serious, but at the same time, you have to enjoy what you do. And, and sometimes that can take a lot of pressure off you and, and people around you just, just being out there enjoying what you do. And as that's part of, you know, how I play and how I approach every day. Josh Harrison of the White Sox is our guest here on Inside the Clubhouse. And Josh, uh, as you're here in your first year with the White Sox, certainly you are bringing that to this clubhouse. Uh, from the outside, you know, a lot of uh, fans, you know, with the back and forths and the, the day-to-day of a baseball season get either too high or too low uh, with what's going on. How do you try to stay in that moment with what's going on and bring that and spread that throughout the clubhouse as well? Uh, I mean, I, I've been playing this game for, you know, at this level for parts of 12 seasons. Um, comes with territory. Never get too high, too low. I've seen everything. Um, you know, good stretches, bad stretches in between. Um, it's not my job or our job to worry about, you know, anything outside of this clubhouse because if you want to win, you, you got to take care of what, what what you have in between, you know, those four walls. And approaching that every day, knowing that if we have each other's best interests, you know, the, the opportunity that, that is in front of us, you know, we can go get it. Your manager, Tony LaRusso, obviously a Hall of Famer and a great communicator uh, throughout his career, has taken an awful lot of heat uh, in this first uh, 90 games of the season here. How has the manager's job changed, do you think, Josh, over your career as far as how they they go about it and what is expected of them? I know you haven't had a ton of managers, but you've been around a little bit. You've seen how managers have evolved, and you see how 
front offices have uh, kind of changed in some ways their perspective of what they want from a manager. What, what are your thoughts on the subject? Um, I think in any sport, managers or head coaches are, you know, they're, they're the ones that's going to get, you know, the the heat when things aren't going right. And, you know, when things are going good, the players get it. Um, that's in any sport you look around. But uh, as far as anything changing or whatever, I think ultimately it's up to your guys. But you got to have a manager that, that knows your guys and understands them and can communicate. And, um, you know, the game's changed quite a bit from when I first came up. But, uh, you know, as far as Tony and his communication, you know, he he, he lets guys be. As, as you mentioned me earlier, you know, playing free, having fun and enjoying it, you know, he, he's not out there telling us not to have fun or do do this. Um, Tony wants to win, and, and we do too. But uh, ultimately, you know, we, we got to go out there and we got to execute um, as, as bad as, Tony or any of the coaching staff may want us to do this or that. Uh, it's ultimately up to us to come together and, and, and do it. So it's kind of a – I don't even know the exact words I'm looking for, but it's, you know, you know the manager's there to, you know, help us get through certain moments. But uh, it's up to us as the guys to go out there and do it on the field. Josh, uh, interested in, in your thoughts on, on a few of the younger White Sox uh, with your – you know, your eye and, and how you have uh, uh, joined this team this year, you're, you're a veteran guy. You've been around, as Bruce said, uh, for, for parts of 12 seasons. Uh, what do you look at when you see a guy like Luis Robert? I know we were talking about him earlier. The offensive and defensive gifts are, are obvious. What, what do you see when you, when you look at Luis Robert? And, and Andrew Vaughn also as a guy who's come on uh, really strong this year. Uh, definitely some exciting talent. Um, you know, just being able to watch – you know, both of those guys firsthand. Um, Louie, I, I don't think I really have to explain, as you said, on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, some of the balls he's hit, even some of the balls he's gotten to. Um, you know, it's, it's ultimately what you want out of a guy in center field that's going to patrol out there, that can that can make plays. Um, and as I said, what you what you see with the bat and and on the bases, I'm still on bases. I mean, he, he's a good player, man, and. You know, a lot with this game that I always say is for people to be healthy. And I know last year I got to see him briefly when he was coming off the injured list. And, uh, you know, he tore us up when I was with Oakland. So getting to see it firsthand in this dugout is pretty cool. And then, um, you know, getting to learn the story of Vaughn, how last year he made the team and didn't play anything over A ball. You wouldn't know that um, on the outside looking in and watching him. He he, he can play, play a few different spots. I've seen him in left field, right field. First, um, I think I even saw him take some ground balls at third base in spring training. So, you know, he's still a guy that's coming into his own. But uh, the bat plays and uh, has a pretty good idea of what he wants to do and how, how to control his own. And that, that's, that's a lot of, you know, hitting at this major league level. Josh, uh, the toughest thing I've seen for major league baseball players over my, my career is uh, them having to play not 100%. And probably by the the second month of the season, uh, nobody's playing at 100%. Yet, uh, you know, guys like Tim go out there, guys like uh, uh, Lewis go out there, and uh, knowing that they're, they're not 100%, knowing they have to protect injuries but are still giving it all for their team, how difficult is that process to, to be able to go out there and, and know you're, you're protecting an injury but you're trying to help your team over 162 games and – 
people just uh, say, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? How, how, how does that wear on a Major League Baseball player? Oh, man, you, you gave us two months to fill 100%, man. You, you're lucky if you get to, the se- get to the second week of spring training and then you fill 100%. You're talking about 162 regular season games with the spring training schedule. Uh, there are going to be, you know, bumps and bruises along the way. And um, you got to have an appreciation for, for things like that. As I said, I've played parts of 12 seasons. Nobody's ever 100%. Um, and I, I've had my fair share of injuries, broken hands, ligaments torn, surgeries. Um, and as you mentioned, um, when you don't have those serious injuries, you're still playing with something banged up, a twisted ankle, being hit in the elbow, uh, you know, seeing guys like them in the brain you go out there every day. You know, I, I have an appreciation for it, as I said, being in this game for parts of 12 seasons playing through things, and and that's what you need from your regular guys, Um, you know, regardless of, (laughs) you know, how how you're feeling. You know, sometimes 75%, 80% Jose Abreu is our best option because not only, you know, has he been there, done that, he also understands how to slow the game down and, you know, manage those, you know, bumps and bruises. And, you know, like you said, to the fans on the outside, it's – it's easier said than done because we can make this game look easy at times. But, uh, you know, like like I said, um, you know, it, it's tough getting your body ready, playing every day, especially when you banged up. Because, you know, the one thing you don't want to do is compensate. But you talk to any person that's played this game for a long time, you're going to compensate because you know what you can bring to the table for the team. And sometimes just your presence in the lineup is enough. Last minute or two with Josh Harrison from the White Sox. And, Josh, we really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for joining us. We haven't talked at all about pitching, but really uh, your, your staff, what, both starting pitching and relieving, uh, Hendricks has been amazing lately. Your starting pitching, whether it's Kopech or Cease, uh, you name it, uh, the pitching has really uh, stepped it up here lately. And uh, uh, what's your take on, on what you see in the division and where your pitching fits in? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. The pitching, as you said, has been doing what exactly what we need, man, to, to keep us where we where we are um, and moving forward. And and those guys take the ball, and, and they're grinding, man. They're, they're going out, giving us everything they got, keeping us, you know, within these games to, to, to have some innings to put together and put some runs across. And I'll be honest, I, I like exactly where we are. Um, you know, guys are – like I said, taking the ball and going out there and giving what they got, and that's all we can ask for as a team because, you know, that makes us want to score runs for them. And, you know, offense is going to come and go. But, uh, you know, defense, you want to be able to play behind some good pitching. And what they've been doing has been pretty exciting to be behind. Josh, uh, Mike and I appreciate your time. Uh, it's uh, It's been great getting to know you this year and seeing uh, not not only what a fun guy you are, but a, an honest and direct guy and, and the way that you uh, – Get along with all your teammates. Fun to watch. Uh, go out there and, and have some more fun and win some more ball games. We'll we'll talk to you all to, out of the ballpark. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Josh Harrison of the Chicago White Sox joining us and inside the clubhouse. Mike, uh, we have to take our final break here and then uh, get things ready for Steve Rosenblum and his unique style of radio. Absolutely. And we'd like to hear uh, and you'll hear from Bruce and I would like to hear from you, too, via text or via call. 
your offensive and pitching MVPs for each team uh, for the first half. We'll do that when we come back. One more segment with Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Last segment for us here on Inside the Clubhouse. Steve Rosenblum up next, but one more segment with Bruce Levine and Mike Esposito here in for David this week. And Bruce, I mentioned before the break, MVPs of the first half, both on the offensive side and on the pitching side. Uh, which team do you want to start with? Let's start with the Cubs. I'm going with Keegan Thompson, uh, the uh, pitcher who evolved out of the bullpen. Uh, was probably one of the top bullpen pitchers in the game the beginning of the year, Mike. Uh, they couldn't contain him. He had to go into the rotation. He's uh, done uh, very well there uh, as well and looks like a top-of-the-rotation pitcher going forward for the Cubs. My position player for the Cubs was, and uh, it was a tough choice between uh, a, a number of guys, but Wilson Contreras has to be my, my pick. He is the guy that has uh, come out from the beginning, hit the ball well, caught well under tough circumstances with a rebuilding team and free agency looming. He has been on and off the field uh, a uh, ray of sunshine for the Chicago Cubs. Bruce, uh, I agree with both of your picks, but I'm going to take a little bit of a different track. Thompson, for sure, is my pitcher. I love what I see, and I love him uh, as a future member of this rotation, current and future member of this rotation. Uh, Since the speculation and expectation is that uh, Contreras is likely to be dealt, I'm going to take a different track, and I'm going to take Nico Horner because I think he's really shown up this year in terms of a guy – uh, who, who belongs, who, who can really yep. be an a offensive star for this team and who should be a key part uh, of this team's future. So uh, that's why, I mean, Contreras, all, everything you said about him is 100% uh, and certainly a fan favorite uh, and a favorite of mine uh, in terms of what he does for the Cubs. But uh, we're going to try to go with an eye toward the future. I, I like that, Mike. Uh, White Sox-wise, I'm going with... Uh... I'm going with uh, my position player is going to be Jose Abreu, who is the glue that keeps that team together and has been extremely hot over this last month uh, supplying the offense. And my pitcher is going to be one that no one else would pick, and it's Ronaldo Lopez, who has been a star out of the bullpen and has pitched almost every day for the Chicago White Sox. His contributions have been huge and not talked about much, but he has been uh, fantastic for them. He really has, Bruce, and and I will take. Uh, I thought about Abreu, and and he certainly is a great candidate. Uh, I went with Andrew Vaughn only because he has been so consistent. He's been one of their best offensive threats all season. And, and as we just talked with Josh Harrison, you know, here's a guy who prior to coming up to the bigs hadn't played above a ball, but he really uh, carries himself with that veteran presence, even though he's a young guy and he's been a, a huge part uh, for this offense. Uh, I also thought on the pitching side about Cueto. I thought about Hendricks, uh, but I'm going to go with Dylan Cease. I still don't get how he doesn't make the all-star team. He's been an ace. Uh, He certainly has performed uh, when the White Sox have needed him. And I think uh, should they make the playoffs, he's got to be, I mean, it may not work out this way, but to me, he's your your number one starter heading into that uh, postseason. Mike, we have people to thank, including Dan Kantrovitz, Vice President of Scouting for the Chicago Cubs, Wayne Randazzo, voice of the New York Mets, Josh Harrison of Chicago White Sox, 
Cesar Perez did a tremendous job producing this show. Mike, it's been fun doing the last two weeks with you. David will be back next week. Uh, thanks for everything. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine and on our website, writing Cubs and Sox at 670thescore.com. Be sure to uh, look forward to this next week here, Mike, with the All-Star Game and, of course, our big 30-year celebration on Wednesday for the score. Absolutely. And a reminder, baseball fans, Cubs have a doubleheader today. We'll have both games starting at 1245. Our old pal Matt Spiegel will have your pregame. Uh, 120 and 705 are the Cubs games. Again, thanks to our guests. Thanks to you, Bruce. Thanks to Cesar Perez. And stick around Steve Rosenblum with some Saturday suckage coming up next right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.